Hello, friend. Oh, I have missed you, and I feel like I owe you the biggest apology for kind of just up and disappearing for the last week. So there has been a lot going on behind the scenes, which I will do a deep dive into in the next episode. Uh, But things like even being sick and my four kids getting sick and my husband going out of the country, which I referenced in the last episode. And so while he's been gone, you know, I've been single parenting the four kids and uh, life has just been a little crazy. But isn't that everybody? Everybody has crazy seasons of life. But also behind the scenes, there has been just kind of a stirring and a change uh, from the Lord for the season that I'm in. And so I want to take time to explain that to you later. But I had something else I wanted to share with you before that. And to just let you know, I am here. I am not going anywhere. So I am sorry for being MIA for the last week. But I have still been thinking of you and praying for you. I have still gotten to chat with some of you in the Facebook group. And uh, so there are still ways to connect with me. But I am so happy to be back with you here. And I'm excited to dive into today. It's really focused on the word compassion. And the Lord has been revealing that to me of what is it when it says that, you know, Jesus had compassion But then what does it mean for me? Can I show other people compassion? And can I show it to myself? What does that mean to have self-compassion? So that might be a new concept for some of you. I knew it was for me. And so I want to dig into that today of let's look at, you know, a couple verses. What does the Bible have to say about it? But then I want to give you six ways to practice self-compassion. And what does that mean for you today? Hey mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity? Or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope, only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing to shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. Hey, so I mentioned this a minute ago, but even though I did kind of miss a couple days here on the podcast, I have loved still getting to hang out with you guys in the Facebook group. Even though I haven't been able to sit down and find some quiet time to record, I still have found pockets of time to hop into our Facebook community and to message with you personally and to hear some of your stories and ask those vulnerable questions and get those answers and uh, just start to see, you know, some of the decisions that you guys are facing today, right here, right now, what are some things that you're dealing with? So I just want to encourage you, if you're not over there yet, come join us, facebook.com slash groups slash intimacy after infidelity. I will have it linked in the notes, but it is a safe place 
for you to come and just be honest and just know that you are not alone. And you can be honest with some of the things that you are struggling with, that you're feeling, that you're questioning, and also just get prayer. Uh, you know, what is something that we can pray about for you? And just how can we help you in what might be the most difficult time of your life? You can't do this alone. So we have a safe community. Come join us over on Facebook. And I can't wait to chat more with you there. But today I said I wanted to jump into this kind of word study on compassion. So let me start first with a definition. What is it? So compassion is sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. If you look at the word, it literally means to suffer together. When you are confronted with another person's suffering and when you feel motivated to help relieve that, that's compassion. So empathy might be another word you've heard. Empathy is when you can sit with someone and say, I feel your pain. I know exactly how you're feeling. But compassion is kind of taking it a step further and actually taking action to relieve their suffering. So you feel it, but you want to do something about it. So this word compassion surprised me when I saw it come up in Psalm 145. So I want to read the second part of this chapter for you. So Psalm 145, starting in verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. Get this. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and the glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. All right, so I kind of have three thoughts that I want to share with you today. And the first question that I have is how do you see God? If you were to pause right now and picture God's face or his facial expression when he's looking at you, what's the facial expression that you see in your mind? When I first heard that question and first thought about it, 
I saw a God that was pointing a finger at me. He was, um, you know, angry and disappointed and upset and how dare you and you know better than that. And, and all of the things that we might say to ourselves that pile on the shame and the condemnation. But that's what I saw. I saw a God who was pointing a finger at me. But when I read chapters like this in the Bible, I can't help but see a God who is kind and loving and compassionate, you know, and he protects us and he's close to us. Wow, what a different picture than what I had originally. So I would challenge you, get in scripture and start to ask yourself, who is God? And what does God's face look like? What does he think about me? And what what does he, what's his expression when he's looking towards me? Is it soft and full of love? Or is it one of judgment? Now, something along with that, my second question for you, what do you think God is doing? You know, how is he working in the world or in your life? And this question comes from a place of uh, where I was when I had a coach who was pouring into me and she said to me on repeated occasions after I confessed to my husband and I was working on my healing journey and I was just really struggling. She said, Christina, God is not punishing you. You know, I went through a season after I confessed where my husband lost his job. We were really struggling financially our whole family got sick at kind of the worst time. We had a lot going on and it was so hard for me to wrestle with this idea of, oh yeah, all these bad things are suddenly happening because of my sin, because of what I did wrong. Here we are. I have no right to complain about my current situation. I I was living in sin. I get it. Okay. You know, white, wave the white flag. It was my fault. But she just kept repeating to me, God is not punishing you. And I wrestle with this because I know there are consequences for our sin. But I know that Jesus took those consequences and Jesus had that punishment on the cross. Now, that doesn't mean that I can live a life of sin, you know, guilt-free saying, oh yeah, Jesus took that, whatever. Because that, that's kind of like spitting on him. Like that's very disrespectful to the cross and what happened there. So I don't ever, ever, ever want to live in sin. However, I don't have to live in that punishment and that condemnation. So when I start thinking like, what is God doing? I thought of a couple stories from the New Testament. Like Jesus shared a story about the lost sheep where there was a shepherd who had a hundred sheep. 99 of them stayed where they were supposed to, but one wandered away. And it says that that the shepherd left the 99 to go rescue that one that was lost. And he brought him back into the fold. And I also think about this story, if you've heard of the prodigal son. So basically the son that took his father's inheritance, even before his father passed away, And the son went out and just wasted it all, just blew all the money, made a lot of wrong choices. And when he got to the lowest point of his life, he came back 
and begged for his father's forgiveness. And his father actually threw a party for him. And he said, my lost son has come home. This is something to celebrate. And when I think about those two stories, I I think neither of those stories did anyone get punished. The shepherd didn't come back and punish his sheep for wandering away. And, you know, the father didn't reprimand his son and make him feel guilty and tell him how bad of a son he was and he made all these awful choices. No, his father threw a party for him because he came home. And so they were celebrated. And so I had to wrestle through what is God doing? God is not punishing and condemning and making me feel guilty and stay in my misery. No, when I look at the psalm I read, Psalm 145, God rescues and God is moved to action. He doesn't just look at me in my misery and say, well, you've got what's coming for you. You know, I I was thinking about this picture of like a car accident. Like God doesn't just pull me from the car wreck, you know, the mess that I made of things. But God rescued me from that and he healed me. You know, he took me to the hospital. He changed my clothes. Now I'm clothed in righteousness. He got rid of the dirt and the filth. So I really challenge you to stop and think about how how does God look at you and what is God doing for you or towards you? And all of this, I want to go back to the beginning All of this is wrapped up in this idea of compassion, that God suffers with us. He feels what we are feeling, and because he has compassion, he's motivated to action on our behalf. Wow. Praise the Lord for his love for me and for you. So, all right, final point here. If God has that much compassion that he wants to work on my behalf and love me and work things out for my good. If God has that compassion for me, can I also have compassion towards myself? And I want to be careful here, give this caveat at first. This is not an excuse to say that the affair doesn't matter or I don't have to work hard on my marriage because yes, the affair does matter. It did matter. And yes, you do have to work hard on your marriage. But that example I gave of a car accident, you do still have to handle like the details. You know, what happens to the car? What do you need to do with insurance? You do have to handle the details and you have to heal your body. If you need to go to the hospital or go to a doctor or a chiropractor, you, you have to handle details and the healing of your body. So that's my goal here to say, as you are working on your marriage and the details of, of what life looks like now, it is also equally important that you are working on healing yourself. So can you show yourself some compassion? All right, so here are six ideas that I have for you. Number one, acknowledge that you're struggling, whatever area that is right now. You can say things like, this is hard and I am not perfect. So you're coming from a place 
of being kind to yourself. You're not beating yourself up. You're being kind. How would you talk to your friend or your daughter if they were struggling and they came to you and said, this is really hard. I'm really struggling with this. I guarantee you would show them kindness. So can you do the same thing for yourself? Acknowledge what's going on and be kind. Okay, number two, accept compliments from other people and be willing to compliment yourself. This could sound like, you know, I'm proud of myself for what I just did. Or, wow, I really put effort into something. Or, wow, I was really good at this. So you fill in the blank, but be aware of what compliments you can give to yourself to build yourself up. Also, number three here, evaluate your boundaries or set boundaries if you're not there yet. Again, let's go back to that compassion definition that you're motivated to relieve suffering. Well, one of the ways that you can relieve suffering is by having healthy boundaries. There are times to say yes, and there are times to say no. And there are are times to, you know, turn off the phone, turn off the social media, um, you know, tell friends that you love them, but, you know, you'll see them later another night, whatever that is for you, work-related, friend-related, whatever, evaluate your boundaries. And even boundaries could also be how is somebody talking to you? You know, if you have respect for yourself, then other people will also see that they need to treat you with respect. So compassion, you're relieving suffering even for yourself. And that could be with boundaries. Okay, number four, invest in self-improvement. So this could be things like a, a program or church, you know, going to church and growing in your faith. This could be a coach or a counselor. But you show self-compassion when you invest in yourself and improving in different ways. Okay, number five, honor your feelings. Your feelings show you what you need. If you are feeling tired or hungry or lonely or angry or happy and joyful, whatever that is, name the feeling and then Think about what it's telling you. It's shining a flashlight into your thoughts and into a situation that you're in. So observe that feeling, put a name to it, and think about what it's telling you. What other need do you need met right now? Okay, and number six, self-compassion. You can comfort yourself. If you are a mother you know what it's like to bring comfort to your children, especially the babies. The babies just want comforted by their mother. Well, you know what? Even as we get older, sometimes we still need that physical comfort. So some ideas for that, take a warm bath, wear that cozy sweater, or curl up on the couch with that snuggly blanket. You know, maybe one night you need to go to bed early. Get some extra sleep intentionally. Maybe you savor a warm drink. If you're a coffee person or a tea person and you don't just down it one day, but you take time to actually enjoy that. 
Uh, Maybe you could find a repetitive motion like walking or swinging. But again, you think about a baby, we rock them or we pat their back or we sway with them. So even for you, can you find a repetitive motion for your body to help relieve that a little bit? Uh, Maybe you spend some time in your favorite book or your favorite show, but you carve out time for yourself. It could be soothing music or even some reassuring talk. It, It might sound like, I can do this. I know I can. I'm a good problem solver and I can figure this out. I'm strong and I am loved. And, you know, so you are speaking positive life to yourself. So friend, that's what I have for you today. How do you see God? Do you see him as compassionate? What do you think God is doing? Do you believe that he is active, that he's actively pursuing you and rescuing you? And then knowing that if God wants to rescue you and love you, can you love yourself? Can you show that self-compassion where You are taking care of yourself and you are growing and you are being healthy. So if I can help in any way, I would love to to encourage you to pray with you. So you can either send me a message or uh, hop into our Facebook community and I would love to support you more there. So I will be back next week. And as promised, I will have more of the story of what's been going on and what you can expect from me from here on out. Hey, Mama, I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at ChristinaJoyCoaching.com? Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity, and laugh without fear of the future.